Here is the pickle of the week. So there's a, a young woman by the name of Ziva, a lovely young Israeli girl, and she's fallen in love with a young man by the name of Muhammad. Uh, Muhammad is an Israeli Arab, and uh, to her parents' great dismay, and his parents probably too, uh, Ziva and Muhammad are starting a family. They have a baby, a baby boy, and it's the bris. Um, Muhammad agrees to, to circumcise his son, as is Islamic tradition, as well as the Jewish tradition. So he has no, no issue with having a bris. And being that uh, a Jewish bris, done Jewish style with a male, is recognized as a circumcision by the Muslims, as opposed to the other way around. If a bris was done in the Muslim way, it's not recognized as, as a bris. There would still need to be blessings said and, and possibly corrections done. So they're, they're happy to do it with a male, a bris, uh, in the Jewish tradition. What's contentious is when it comes to naming the baby, even though they've agreed on a name uh, that, uh, that they're both happy with, they're going to call the, ba- the baby Zachariah, which uh, Zachariah, it's a, it's, a, it's a name that is used also in the Arab world as well as the Jewish world. So the, that, that was peaceful. The contentious issue is that usually in the naming ceremony that takes place at a bris, the baby is referred to as son of his father. His Hebrew name is given as the son of his father. However, here the father is not Jewish, and so his Hebrew name is his Hebrew name, the son of his father, if the father is not Jewish, is this baby going to be called Zechariah ben Muhammad or not? So when, uh, when this is being discussed before the bris begins with, with the, uh, the rabbi, the moel, who are present, so it becomes very tense because the rabbi says that, you know, when we announce the Hebrew name, the idea of the Hebrew name is their title as they will be called to the Torah, and as they're written in Hebrew official documents. And this is talking about their Hebrew Jewish lineage. And so in the case where the father is not Jewish, so we can't call them a Hebrew name, a Jewish name, son of a non-Jewish person. The Hebrew name has to be the child of a Jewish person. And so we need to give uh, his Hebrew name, but we can't say son of Muhammad. Muhammad, on the other hand, is he disagrees completely. And he says, what are you talking about? This child isn't Jewish. He's Muslim. That uh, in, in Islam, the lineage goes by the father, unlike in, in Judaism, where the Jewishness goes by the mother. The tribal affiliation goes by the father in Judaism. So whether somebody's a Kohen, a Levi, that goes by the father. And for that reason, you're called by your father's name. However, the identity in Judaism goes by the mother. If the mother's Jewish, even if the father isn't, the child is Jewish. However, in Islam, it's, it's the opposite way. It goes by the father. Both the lineage and the identity go by the father. And so, therefore, he says, my son is Muslim. And he's, he's, his name is Zachariah, the son of Muhammad. That's, that that sh- should be and is his name. However, the rabbi, the moel, this is, this is a Jewish ceremony. How are we going to refer to this child? And this 
question is going to be relevant not only for the bris, the ceremony of the bris where you announce the Hebrew name, it will be relevant for the boy as he grows up. If indeed this child does choose a Jewish identity because he is Jewish and he's growing up in Israel, so there's still a good chance uh, that he, he will end up identifying and uh, being a part of the Jewish nation. If he ends up having a bar mitzvah and being called to the Torah, he needs to be called up Zechariah, son of dot dot dot, who? Muhammad? Or, 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 or do we put something else there? The question will be even more relevant and more important when it comes to marriage. If he marries Jewishly, this child, being he's a, he's a fully-fledged Jew, his mother's Jewish. So then the ketubah, the marriage document, needs to accurately portray this child's lineage. And so by doing that, it, it usually would say the father's name. What do we do here? His father's not Jewish, has not got a Jewish name, and is not Jewish. So... What is, what is it would be expressed on his ketubah as his Jewish lineage? And if, God forbid, his marriage doesn't work out and he gets divorced, so then it's even more important to get the name correct. An incorrect name on a divorce bill, on a get, could, would invalidate that divorce and, and cause very big problems. So therefore, we need to know exactly what we would write on a, a bill of divorce for this child whose father isn't Jewish. So, this question of what happens when somebody's father is not Jewish as far as their Hebrew name, it has several different uh, ramifications and, and applications, and it's discussed in several different places in Jewish law. Uh, one of them is in Shulchan Aruch, in the Code of Jewish Law, where it discusses a few different cases where we're not sure what to write as far as the father's name. One example is a case where a Jewish child, but we don't know who the father is. We, we know who their mother is, and we know they're Jewish. We just don't know who their father is at all. What happens there? Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, discusses that and says that in such a case, when you're writing a get or a ketubah for such a child, you leave it blank. You don't write a father's name. When the father's name is not known, we don't know who the father is. So you just don't write a name. You just, you just leave it blank. Uh, that would be an option. But here as well, if if the if the father's not Jewish, maybe we should just not mention any name. Just say that the name Zechariah and that's it. Not Ben, not son of anyone. That's, that's one possibility. But that's talking about where, the, where we don't know who the father is at all. Uh, another interesting case where this comes up is the case of somebody who converts to Judaism. When somebody converts to Judaism, so their father or mother are not, are not Jewish. And therefore, uh, when we refer to them as the son or the daughter of we can't, in a Jewish document, refer to their non-Jewish parent. So what do we do? We refer to them as the son or the daughter of Avram Avinu, Abraham, our forefather. And the idea there is that all converts to Judaism have a, a spiritual link to the first Jewish couple, Abraham and Sarah. And so therefore they can be called the son or the daughter of Abraham, Abraham our father. Uh, because they are connected Directly, their souls connected directly to the forefathers and the foremothers of the Jewish people. Some have suggested to, to do the same where a child's identity, the father's identity is not known. If you don't know the father, put Avraham, because they're also a child of Avraham. However, that is debated elsewhere, because then it would look like that child is a convert to Judaism. And in these documents, the name that we're putting is extremely important because we're, we're telling the, the person's tribal affiliation, their lineage. And 
So if you put something that indicates something not true, if it, if it indicates that they converted to Judaism when that's not the case, that is problematic. So to call somebody the son of Avraham when, that, when they're not actually the son of Avraham is problematic. Um, the Ramah, Ramosh Israelis, he, he, one, of the, one of the commentaries on glosses on the Shulchan Aruch, on the Code of Jewish Law, he says that another, uh, another possibility, in a case where the father's not known, is to name them after the maternal grandfather, the mother's father. So, so in this case, Zachariah, whose father is Muhammad, his mother is Ziva, why not call him after Ziva's father, whose name was Shlomo? Why don't we, why don't we call him Zachariah ben Shlomo? Now here you might say, well, hang on a minute, that's not accurate. Ben means child of. And he's not the child of Shlomo, he's the grandson of Shlomo. So how, how can you call him that? Well, technically the word Ben does mean child of, but in a broader sense, child it means offspring. The offspring of. Uh, sometimes it, do, it does say that Bnei Bonim Harihem Kabonim, that children of children are like your children as well. The, the word child could mean your offspring. And so therefore the word Ben, in a, in a broader sense, could refer to a grandfather and grandchild relationship. And so maybe that would be an option to call them after the grandfather. Um, others say, well, it, well, just call Avra- after Avraham. He's our great, 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 great grandfather. Well, what's the difference? If you're going back a generation, go back more, all the generations, all the way to Abraham, where all the children of Abraham. So you could just go, fall back on that in, in, in any case. Some have, have uh, suggested that. And then another suggestion is based on an interesting Talmudic story of the great sage Shmuel. Shmuel, one of the sages of the Talmud, had a daughter called Rachel, and Rachel was kidnapped, kidnapped uh, by some non-Jewish uh, bandits who impregnated her. And she had a child, a son. Uh, his name was Murray. And this Murray became a great sage in his own right, often quoted throughout the Talmud. And whenever he's quoted, he's quoted by the name Murray ben Rachel. Mari, the son of Rachel. So even though, generally speaking, we refer to somebody as the son of their father because your tribal affiliation is from your father, but in a case like Mari, whose father was an unknown non-Jew, so his tribal affiliation is therefore not relevant. He doesn't have have a, a Jewish father. He's just the son of his mother. And so why not? He was referred to as Mari ben Rachel. And so that is another opportunity and another, another another possibility that you can refer to somebody whose father is not Jewish as the son of their mother and that would be a tr- obviously truth he's the son of the mother that we know and also it would make clear that we don't know any lineage we don't have a particular tribal affiliation for him because his father's not Jewish so maybe we could do it that way how, how about how about do it doing doing in such such a way and this is in, in indeed is the most common uh, solution for this, that when somebody's father is not Jewish and mother is Jewish, you can call them the son of the mother. And that would be both accurate, correct, and also uh, um, not, uh, not misleading in any way about their tribal affiliation. The only exception to that could be where somebody is being called to the Torah and it may be a bit uncomfortable or embarrassing. Um, Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, does recognize 
that if you've been called up to the Torah, everyone else is called up the son of their father. And then one, this one person is, is called up the son of Rachel, their mother, or, or Ziva in, in our case. So that may be a bit embarrassing to the person, maybe a bit uncomfortable to them to be singled out in, in such a way or to be emphasizing that their father's not Jewish. There's no reason to do that. And so therefore being called to the Torah, you could call them to the Torah, the son of their maternal grandfather, uh, because that is a truth. It is a true thing. And that would just make it perhaps more comfortable for them. Uh, because being called to the Torah is not a legal document, it's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be so exact and therefore, we could go by that opinion that says, mention the grandfather's name, the maternal grandfather. However, for legal documents like a ketubah or a get, so there we need to be extremely accurate. So it would be preferable to use the mother's name. Here at the bris uh, of uh, this Zechariah, the son of Muhammad and Ziva. So in such a case, you can't say that it would be embarrassing or uncomfortable to mention him as the son of his mother, uh, it's not going to embarrass the, the baby, certainly. It's not going to embarrass anybody. Everyone knows the fact here. Everyone understands that the father's not Jewish, the mother is. And so therefore, in such a case, it wouldn't be such an issue to, to call him by his mother's name, which would, I think, be less of an issue and less uncomfortable than calling him by his grandfather's name at the bris in front of, of, of the father. Um, what was interesting about this bris is Muhammad, who was arguing that his name should be mentioned, and he and he said that anyway, the child is a Muslim child and not and not not a Jewish child, um, and he said, and I'll prove it to you that he's Muslim, and I'll prove to you that we go by the father. What was Muhammad's proof? Because look at me. My father is Muslim, and my mother is Jewish, but I'm Muslim, and so you see. You should call it by, by my name because it goes by the father. I'm, I'm an illustration of it. That bang, I'm, bang. I'm, I'm Muhammad, the, the Muslim, even though my mother's Jewish. This was a bit of a revelation, uh, a bit of news. Because in that, if he's actually Jewish, so then the whole question is a different question. Now the question is not, what do we do when the father's not Jewish? What do we do when the father doesn't have a Jewish name? And in such a case, when the father doesn't have a Jewish name... We use the name that he's known by, even if that name is English, French, Hungarian, or Arab. And in this case, his name is Muhammad. So that's how he's known. You would use that name. And so therefore, the right thing to do would be to, to call the child Zachariah ben Muhammad, to call him to the Torah as Zachariah ben Muhammad. And on documents, Ketubah get, it would say Zachariah ben Muhammad, because that's his father's name, even though... It's not a Jewish name, and the father doesn't identify as a Jew. He is a Jew. His mother is Jewish. And so it would be, I guess, quite a unique ketubah. Um, but it would be an accurate one to say, Zachari, the son of Muhammad, who is his father. Uh, and, that, and that would be the correct way to write this ketubah. Another little twist in the story was that Muhammad said, I'll prove to you that even you, Jews, agree that I'm a Muslim because the local rabbi, last Pesach, asked me to buy the chametz. Uh, so I was the non-Jew who acquired the chametz for the entire community. And, and so you see that even I, whose mother's Jewish, the, I'm considered a, a, a non-Jew. Now that's a big problem because now 
the community has sold the chametz to Muhammad, the Jew. He's actually Jewish. So what happens now? Now that we've realized that Muhammad, who bought the chametz for the entire community, is Jewish, what happens now? So here, this case was brought uh, to the Shola Meshiv, one of the great halachic authorities from the 1800s. And he responded a similar circumstance where the person who bought the chametz was found to actually be halachically Jewish, even though they didn't identify, they didn't know, they thought they were just a, a non-Jew. Well, that's what everyone thought until it was, it was really revealed otherwise. So he said that in such a case, well, the problem will be this. Generally speaking, chametz that belonged to a Jew during Pesach is prohibited to a Jew, any Jew, even after Pesach. And so therefore, when we sell our chametz to a non-Jew, it belonged to a non-Jew during Pesach, it can be bought back after Pesach and utilized. But if the chametz belonged to a Jew, or was sold to a Jew during Pesach, so it's prohibited to all Jews even after Pesach. What do we do with this, the chametz that was sold to Muhammad? So the Sholem Eshev, who had, had this question um, in earlier times, he said that we can rely on a bit of a leniency here. Because it's a rabbinical law, that says that chametz that belong to a Jew on Pesach is prohibited after Pesach. So in rabbinical laws, there are certain leniencies. One of them is that if the loss will be huge, a huge monetary loss, such as here, where the entire community, everything, all of the chametz that they, that they sold for Pesach has to be thrown away, for such a huge loss, you can be lenient considering the fact that everybody canceled their chametz on Pesach. They disowned it before Pesach. And so because they went through the, the measures of disowning any, any chametz that, that they own, as well as thinking they sold it to who they thought was a non-Jew, and even though it ended up that it wasn't the case, but that was out of their hands, it wasn't negligence, it wasn't laziness, it, it wasn't a, a, a lack of care, it was just a freak accident. So in such a case, we can be lenient and say that the chametz is permissible after Pesach. So in the end, the community are okay about the chametz, they'll have to sell to somebody else next year. The baby, Zechariah, actually has a Jewish mother and a Jewish father, and therefore his name is Zechariah ben Muhammad. Um, the father is Jewish, and hopefully uh, will be embraced by the community now as a Jew, a, new, a newly found Jew, and after a bit of an identity crisis, maybe he'll embrace that as well. He's running